Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, Grave Robbers, and welcome back to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Is I am so much better. I am so much better. I am so much better than before. Uh, we are doing Legally Blonde the Musical, The Search for Elle Woods, which aired in 2008 on MTV. Yes, indeed. Uh, a show that I watched literally five minutes of when it was airing on television. And uh, we're going to take a look at this. This is going to be part one. We're going to split this up into a two-parter. It's only eight episodes, but uh, Lara has been on the research train. Like crazy. Uh, Playbill did an excellent oral history with a lot of information. And then I've also done a lot of research on my own. But a lot of what I'm taking here is from this oral history where they interview the creators, the contestants, and Laura Bell Bundy, who is the original Elle Woods, who we do see a few times over the course of these episodes. Yes. So before we jump into this, why don't we just take a quick break to pour one Laura, what do you got there? I have the Heather Hawk. Oh. Um, it's Chardonnay in a coffee mug. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. She, uh, she was accused of being a little wooden during the pilot, and then they started putting wine in the judge's cups. As someone who's been a drunk judge before, that's, that's how you get the best out of people. So, uh, yeah, so I have the Heather Hawk. Very nice. What do you have? Oh. Yours is cute. Thank you. Thank you. So I noticed we had White Claws in there. Yeah. So I Which just, is what Elwoods would drink. Yeah. So I took just a, a White Claw and and poured it in a glass. And I was like, that's lame. So I was like, oh, I should make it pink. And I added some grenadine. And this drink is now so much better. This drink is so much better. This drink is so much better than before. I actually got a cramp in my leg. <laughs> I gave myself a Charlie horse. So we're going to play a game, guys. Uh, if, you, if Noah ever gets that melody right, finish your drink. Oh, he's, he's suffering. Apparently, <laughs> in order for me to sing hey, that Noah. horribly flat note. Hey, Noah. Yeah? Did you hurt yourself doing I a bit? I did. Apparently, for me to sing that horribly flat note sustained at that volume, I have to tense 
every muscle in my body and my leg was just like, we're done. <laughs> this is not a thing we're, we're signed up for. You're really not supposed to tense up when you sing. That really You're not? You're not supposed to curl your toes underneath your feet? No. Like I was just doing? No, you're really... I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I am not a classically trained singer. I am... I have to uh, fight every fiber of my being not to get a stricken down by copyright by singing. Oh, you think it's going to be that perfect that we'll get... <laughs> it's like, that's that's clearly from the show, if you sing. <laughs> like, you, you can't just steal footage from a Broadway show and put it in your podcast. We're YouTube and we're not letting you do that. You're allowed to sing karaoke on YouTube. Fair enough. <laughs> in case you're wondering. So... Uh, this was to, I'm going to explain the premise of the show. Yes. Uh, Legally Blonde, Laura Bell Bundy, who was the incredible actress who was the original Elle Woods in the Legally Blonde musical, uh, she was leaving. Her contract was up. Mm-hmm. Time to go. So they decided, instead of doing a traditional cattle call casting process, they decided to partner with MTV and make it a reality show. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is it's a considerably more legitimate reality show than most, because at the end, uh, you know how a lot of reality shows result in a job? Yes. Most of them are not very public jobs. Right. So if, like, you mess up, it's very easy for you to be quietly fired. Yes. Or it's very easy for you to have a job for a year that pays six figures and you don't actually do anything. Yeah, I mean, like, for example... Uh, WWE ran tough enough for, I think, six seasons, if my count is correct. Okay. So in six seasons, there was a total of 11 winners, because only there's one season that only had one winner. Right. Uh, and of those 11 winners, I believe four of them never appeared on WWE in a wrestling capacity. They just... They gave them a contract, and you're like, no, you're not, you're not tough enough. Uh, famously, there was the Million Dollar Tough Enough, where Daniel Pewter won. He had one match, which was the Royal Rumble, where he got beaten up by Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and uh, Bob Holly, and not given a million dollars. Okay. So, like... A lot of these times, these reality shows, like, they promise you a million dollars and, you know, a chance to be a part of the wrestling, and uh, you don't get that. The person who came in second place, The Miz. <laughs> so, like... And where is he now? It's interesting that, like, we've seen quite a few of these audition reality talent shows, but this one being, like, a very clear prize that was, like... That legitimately happens. Like, the, the girl who wins this goes on to be Elle Woods in, on Broadway. This is a thing Laura knows, because Laura knows who wins. Yes. This is not a thing Noah knows for sure, because Noah does not know who wins. So Noah gets his heart broken a couple times. Yeah, now I will say, the girl who wins this, I'm not telling you who it is yet, but this young woman does do eight shows a week on Broadway after this. Right. Uh, she does do the show. Um, they actually, because they were not exactly sure when the show would air, mm-hmm. she had to start rehearsing before the show was airing. 
So they had to sneak her in and out of the rehearsal studio <laughs> in a wig. Oh, wow. So that you couldn't tell who it was or anything. Interesting. Um, so they the premise of the show is a surprisingly legitimate reality show. Yes. Uh, this also has an additional sheen of Broadway legitimacy right off the bat. Because one of the first people you see is Seth Haley Duff. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Seth Rudetsky. And he is a notable uh, Broadway accompanist and personality. Yes. Uh, he hosts a lot of podcasts. He's, he's kind of a character in and of himself. And then there's also Haley Duff. Yes. I'm going to say this just real quick. Haley Duff, completely useless in this show. She's the host. She brings nothing to it. But she does open the show. Now, the best 50 girls from across the nation have converged on New York City, where the most demanding audition of their lives begins in front of legendary director Jerry Mitchell. And I noticed this is something that for some reason MTV and uh, VH1 reality shows do. They do this weird thing that whenever they cut to Haley Duff talking... They put her in a, like a weird letterbox. Yeah. That doesn't make sense watching it on YouTube, which like now we're used to letterbox. So it doesn't make any sense. But they did that all the time in Mega Wants a Millionaire and stuff. And I don't understand it from an editing point of view. It kind of reminded me of the video game awards. Yeah. Like, like there's a weird style choice you don't see much anymore. Yeah, it was very. Uh, Haley reminds us that she was Amber in Hairspray, uh, which I had forgotten. I was like, oh, yeah, she was, um, she was Amber in Hairspray at one point. Uh, what's interesting about that is, uh, do you know who the original Amber Von Tussle in Hairspray was? I do not. Laura Bell Bundy. Oh. The original Elle Woods. Oh, interesting. All right. That's a nice little Pretty much making it clear that Haley Duff, it, it makes Haley Duff make sense as a choice for a host. Yeah. Um... Haley Duff really brings almost nothing to the Almost table. nothing. Uh, because Laura Bell, Laura Bell Bundy would have been a much better host, uh, but she was actually still doing eight shows a week yeah. as Elle Woods, and it would not have been possible. Uh, because one of the judges we're going to talk about in a moment is an ensemble member from Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how difficult it was that the other judges could go home. And then he had to go do a three-hour... Show. <laughs> and if you know anything about musical theater, in a lot of cases, uh, the ensemble tracks are as difficult, if not more difficult, than most leads. Yeah. So, especially for a show like Legally Blonde, you have uh, Brooke Windham's number that's an intense jump rope number. Right. And it's a very heavy dance show. Yes. So this guy was tired. So I'm reading the oral history. Uh, they had every girl pack two months of clothes. Okay. So they said, like, if, you, if you're chosen, you won't be able to have your phone and you're going to come to this hotel. And not every girl was given the same treatment when we got to the 50. Yeah, so just for context, uh, there are 50 girls at this point. Yes, now there have in been the running. There have been four audition sites, big cattle call auditions. Yeah. In New York, LA, Chicago, and Nashville. Okay. Yeah, your basic American Idol tour. They don't show us any of this. 
And at this point, we're told it's been whittled down to 50 girls. Several girls had essentially been promised to be passed through. Oh, um, wow. About 30 of these girls never had a chance. Really? They'd already kind of earmarked about 20 of these girls. Yes. They said it was like, they go to the top 15 in the first mm-hmm. episode, but they said there were about 20 girls shortlisted. Yeah, because one thing that's like interesting to think about from like a theater dynamic and I'm sorry that we're only like three minutes into the show, but we like theater here in this household. I'm not. Uh, that I watched Mr. Ed. <laughs> so basically, the idea of a theater casting call is basically a director is used to seeing a hundred people in a day, picking out the top 20, bringing them back the next day, and after that going... Her. Mm-hmm. So, like, the process of this show is almost too elaborate because you have people that are trained to figure it out in two days now being told you have nine weeks they, to figure it out. <laughs> they actually said it was surprisingly difficult because they were also not used to the permanence of sending someone home. Right. Because if I went in for a cattle call audition and they were like, you know what, I think we've seen enough of Laura and dismissed me. If they change their mind the next day... They can call you. They could call my agent and say, like, we thought about it and we actually... We would like to see Laura read again. We'd like her to do a chemistry read. So can you send her back? Mm -hmm. And my agent would be like, yo, they want you back. Right. They want you back. So it was actually a bit of a, like, difficult transition for everyone involved. Yes, and this is before Daisy of Love when they broke all the rules and brought London back, so they weren't used to the idea of bringing back a contestant that went home. Uh, Some girls were given Legally Blonde gift bags. Oh! But didn't know they... But did not find out that the other girls had not gotten them. So these were some of the shortlisted girls. Uh, Natalie talks about having gotten one of these bags. Oh, so, like, they knew she they were sending her home with prizes because she wasn't on the show. No, Natalie is... Uh, Natalie makes the top ten. Oh, that Natalie. Yes. Uh, there's a couple double names in here. Yes. Um, uh, the only double name we're really going to talk about is Cassie. Yeah. Because there's a couple Cassies. Uh, it, the opening is very a chorus line. Yes. Uh, in Right down to, we're losing people right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are at 50 girls on stage and we are getting down to 30 within the first two minutes of the show. Yes. They just read out names that they, or read out numbers. You are a number. Yeah, you're not even a person yet. Like, you know, oh, 36, we've seen enough, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then 36 just has to walk off stage and grab her bag and go. Into obscurity. We see an endless parade of young blonde women in pink workout gear. Yes. Because all of them were instructed to bring a lot of pink. Right. And that was one of the things that I'm thinking about uh, as we're watching this is, oh my god, so many of these girls look identical. Yes. I don't know how I'm going to follow the show. Which at least shows like the legitimacy of the contest, because of course they want girls that look like this, because they're casting a look. But it's very difficult at times to be like, okay... Who's that identical blonde girl? Yeah. Now, they did say... They did actually openly encourage brunettes to audition. They did not limit it. 
right. just to blonde auditioning. And we meet a few of the girls. We meet uh, Rachel, who is very, very confident in herself. Uh, Emma, whose father is Jerry Zaks, the original Kanicki in Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie, who is the granddaughter of Edith Fellows, uh, who is a child star best known for playing uh, orphans and street urchins, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah, sometimes that's what you gotta do. And... Then we have Cassie, who talks about how much she loves the sound that comes out of her mouth. I am so much better. I love to sing. I love the sound of my voice. I love the noise that comes out of my mouth, and it just brings me immense pleasure. Yeah, way to word that weird. Uh, So they're learning so much better, and then they also have to learn a dance combination, because this is so much like a chorus line. Right. Uh, and they do a combo from ben and, Bend and Snap. Yes. And we meet the judges. Uh, Bernie Telsey, who is was and is a noted casting director. Right. Heather Hawk, who looks very much like Elle Woods and looks a bit like Laura Bell Bundy. Yeah. And is the book writer. Yes. And Paul Kanan, who is in the ensemble presently of the show. Right. And we get some uh, talking heads from... Emma, uh, Paul Kanan had worked with several of the women before, but he could not signal that because there is a mix here of brand new talent and Broadway veterans. Yes. At least one of these people had already understudied a lead on Broadway and probably had gone on for that lead at least once. Right. Uh, At least one of these women, I will tell you who, um, I'm going to talk about what their careers looked like when each girl gets eliminated. Yeah. But I will tell you. Uh, One girl had already understudied the lead in a Disney musical. Oh, wow. So not even like a small little like. Yeah. So some of these people were Broadway veterans. Uh, At least one girl in a talking head claims to be a natural blonde. I think this might have been Libby. Libby is like, uh, because I'm a natural blonde. And I was like, Libby is a liar. (laughs) She might be a natural blonde, but she has dyed it for this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I am a natural blonde. But you're not Elle Woods blonde. I'm Reese Witherspoon blonde. Yeah. I'm not Daenerys Targaryen silver blonde. Yeah. Uh, very, very few people are naturally that color. Right. I am what a... I, I'm a fairly natural looking natural blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say actually pretty Elle Woodsy with what Elle Woods in like the movie looks like. I guess I'm just picturing her as Ric Flair blonde for some reason. Lara is showing me a picture of Reese Witherspoon with almost identically uh, her hair. At this point, I would play the sound clip that was Lara was right, but I accidentally deleted it recently. <gasps> yeah. How dare! I don't. I, I actually recently lost a lot of uh, data on this computer. Oh no! Yeah, a file that didn't mean to get deleted got deleted, and I lost a bunch of stuff. So, pretend the Laura was right song was here. <laughs> Laura was right, Laura was right. Break um, me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I just took my hair down out of its bun so that to really get the full effect of it is literally the exact same hair as Reese Witherspoon has in the film. We get the first talking head with Selena, and I want to want to talk about Selena's first talking yes, head. She talks about how uh, when she was younger, she made out with everyone. 
certainly the rocker of the group. Uh, I have a rock band. They used to call me trouble in high school. I made out with everyone. 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 And I'm like, all right, Selena's gonna be my favorite. Yeah. She is like a definite like 2008 rocker girl edge. Like, yeah. you would see her at the Fall Out Boy concert. She reminds me of what's her name, Haley Williams. Yes, definitely uh, Haley Williams. Taller. But and I, I have a note here. She's 28. Yes. Which is the oldest age I see. Mm-hmm. There are girls here that are 18. Yes. So these are young women. Uh, there's a great moment where Bernie Telsey realizes at least one of the great singers is going to be one of the shit dancers. Yeah. And That's the way it goes. Because we're getting the the singing auditions. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, one girl gets told she's too sexy. Uh, one girl, the judges love her, but she does not kill the low notes in So Much Better. Yeah. The I am so much better. Yeah, you get the um, low spot. A, a lot of girls didn't have trouble with that part because they're so focused on the high belt at the end. Yes. Um, well, my favorite is the girl that on that long... Mary. Yeah. Then before runs out of uh, breath and just goes... Oh, no! <laughs> Whenever you're ready. And then the judge, like, then there's that, like, dramatic reality show judges are thinking. So something happened at the end of that note. It's like, yeah, she said, oh, no, out loud. You're a director. We know you know what happened. (laughs) It's weird for you to be like, so what's up? Did something go wrong? Something didn't sound right. I don't remember the words, oh, no, at the end of that line. I know I absolutely bombed a Moliere edition once. And did a full Ashley Simpson SNL jig oh, just to get myself out, out of jig it. Jig away. <laughs> and that's what that reminded me of. Uh, that just moment where you know the audition has gone to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, I have a note here about uh, Lauren's hair in the Talking Heads. Uh, her hair is just very, like, unflatteringly done in the Talking Heads. Yeah. Lauren's a child. I want to point out, Lauren's like 18. Yeah, she's one of the very young women. But her hair looks, uh, it looks like it's an attempt at Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't quite get there. And Lauren does the, like, I'm not here to make friends. So I kind of already have, okay, we're going to peg this 18-year-old child as the villain. Yeah. And Heather, the judge, points out, that the real Elwoods would befriend people. Yes. We don't ever really talk about that Elwoods quality. Yeah. Again, because there's some people who do some nasty things on this show, mm-hmm. and nobody mentions that. Yeah. Uh, I want to real quick give it up for my girl, my pick to win this whole thing, Rachel. Yes. Rachel, she crushes it. She crushes it. She has a little bit of a weak beginning, but then, like, just powers through that, and I was like,
Rachel's my favorite. Why? What is it about Rachel that makes her stand? Oh, she has black hair. She's the only one I can pick out when they're in a line. (laughs) So I've attached myself to her because she's different. And I crack up upon looking at Rachel because she's billed as being from Orlando. And you look at this girl and I turned to know when I will bet you American dollar she is or was a princess in yep. Disney World. Don't you know? Noah was smart enough to not bet American dollars. I would have won. Mm-hmm. Because she played multiple princess I. Then this is prior to. I think it's princesses. Princess I. Uh, and that is prior to her arrival at this reality show. Right. So she'd been playing... Belle in the Beauty and the Beast musical in Hollywood Studios, and Ariel in the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Okay. So she was playing not only princesses, but performing singing princesses. Yes. Not just stand on the float and wave princesses. Right. So everyone uh, does really well. Uh, Emma is crazy winded, and we find out Emma used to uh, smoke. Yes. Emma used to be a smoker, so she's having a little bit of issues. And uh, I think now it's cut time. Yes. Time, time to cut all these girls down. I know we we're at 15 right now. Yeah. We didn't establish who these characters really were, but. Neither we, did the show. Ne- neither did the show. The only thing of note that I really want to bring up is that there is a Cassie S and a Cassie O. And that immediately makes me think oh, this is a very legitimate reality show. Because. You just wouldn't cast two people with the same name in a reality show. Right. Uh, there's actually... Uh, to, I'm sorry to keep going back to my well, but in Tough Enough Season 1, the guy who... They, like, this is the last challenge. This is your last chance to like prove to us that you're, you know, you want this. And they make them run two miles uphill in weighted vests. And the guy who wins, they don't take because he looks too much like a guy they already had decided to take. Yeah. So, like, it's still a TV show. You know, these reality shows are TV shows. And it's smart casting of a TV show to not have two people with the same name. Uh, But truth be told, they don't care about this reality show. They care about the Broadway show. So they think both of these girls are good enough, so they're there. Yeah. So, uh, they, it's really, uh, so it's really interesting because now we're getting down to 15. They announced we're cutting five more people. Yes. Uh, by this point, uh, they haven't fed anybody. Nobody's Uh, eaten? And I want you to understand, when I say anybody, I mean everybody. They forgot to feed the judges. Ooh, that's a mistake. Uh, because... Libby talks about a story where Emma Zacks had, like, a granola bar or a power bar. And the girls all kind of, like, hack it up into pieces and said, like, share it. Aww. And you know those things are only 200 calories. Yeah. So each girl probably got, like, 40 calories at best. (laughs) Here's a calorie. You're going to spend most of it chewing. So, and uh, Autumn talks about uh, just downing throat coat tea. Yeah, because they probably had to sing that last uh, line in so much better. Yeah. A number of number of times. 
Uh, so, you know, like, I don't know. You don't really sing. I don't. You have a limited number of times per day you can do a certain, like, certain notes. Right. Before your voice gets tired. Right. And these girls were probably all ending, nearing how long they could belt a C-sharp for a billion years. They go through first uh, the people who are going through. Bailey, Lindsay, Cassie O, Autumn, Natalie, Selena, who made out with everyone. Everyone. Emma, Cassie S, Lauren, and Rhiannon. So then we are left with uh, six girls. And so then we have Chloe is cut, Libby, Mary, Mara, and the last girl cut is Rachel Potter. Rachel, my pick! And I'm like, oh, I hate this show. Uh, Rachel Potter goes on to play Wednesday Adams in The Adams Family on Broadway, and Rachel Adams plays the mistress in Evita. You know, when we started watching this, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if we could find some of these girls and have them come and talk to us on the show. And uh, it turns out they're all way too big for us. Uh, she also is a finalist in the third season of The X Factor. Oh, wow. So, uh, Rachel Potter, she does okay for herself. Uh, she becomes uh, she becomes a Broadway star. She does get her starring turn on Broadway. Rachel Potter, you were my favorite. And I think you should have won in Benel Woods. Your hair was very dark for the role, but I believed in you. Uh, Libby Servais, another woman who was cut, uh, and Rachel Potter also both understudied another notable blonde. Both of them understudy Wicked, Glinda, in the Wicked National oh, wow. Tour. That's incredible. And Libby Servais eventually also did that on Broadway. Nice. Uh, she understudied Glinda on Broadway. It's incredible. So a lot of them do go on to do, uh, a lot of these women do go on to do a lot of theater. Right. And that's the end of episode one. We have our top ten. Uh, they get to briefly meet Laura Bell Bundy. Yes. And uh, Selena was originally not supposed to be in the top ten. Selena wasn't. Oh. It was between her and Rachel. My girl Rachel Potter? Yes. Oh, those were my two favorites. I don't want them to fight. Uh, they eventually typed out Rachel as being more of a Vivian. Yes. The Selma Blair role. The thing you said. Yes. <laughs> so now we're in episode two. They get to where they're living. Oh my god. It's so cute. Everything is PBT. Uh, Pottery Bar and Tina had originally been brought on as a sponsor. You don't say. And then they actually made a brand deal with them for them to furnish the loft. And that's why we get a couple really ham-fisted talking heads yes. from the girls about how, like, I want my house to look like this. Oh my god, I love PB Teen. And then we get, uh, now we get a proper opening to the show with the yeah. final ten girls. Where you get to see all ten in the intro and stuff. And they try to sell you that they're living in a penthouse. They are not living in the penthouse. I, I doubted it. Uh, they are living in the event space. What? Like where you'd have a wedding. Oh. They just set it up to, to be... To look like an apartment? Yes. 
Okay. You have to figure, you need a space that can hold ten, ten women. Yeah. And their stuff. And cameras. Yeah. And camera crews. And have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Not obviously, reality shows are obviously a little bit of a dearth of privacy, but there's places you can't have cameras legally, mm-hmm. which will factor into a later episode. Gotcha. Uh, where they can't show someone in the bathroom, but they try to. Ooh. So Get they, excited for that, guys. They stage something because they cannot show the real girl. Oh, okay. Uh, we also see our first sighting of Bruiser. Elle's iconic chihuahua. Yes. So, uh, they get a balcony, they get, like, more swag bags. Yeah. Because they get a lot of legally bought... I think they all get a full set of, like, legally blonde merch. Yeah, of course. All of the clothing that they were selling for legally blonde. Yeah. I think they all got sweatpants and hoodies and the t-shirts that they're allowed to wear whenever they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to unload their own luggage, which I found really funny. Yeah. Because usually, like, you would expect that... The concierge. Uh, the production crew yeah. would have done it. But no, they're unloading their own luggage. And we find out that Bailey is a pastor's daughter. Yes. That's something she says in her talking head. Mm-hmm. Bailey gets called out immediately upon their first trip to the rehearsal studio because it says casual and comfortable on the call sheet. What does casual and comfortable mean to you as a theater person? Just things you can move in. Uh, yes, it means I'm wearing probably sneakers, but might have dance shoes in my bag. Right. Uh, probably yoga pants mm-hmm. and a shirt with like a very comfortable bra. Yeah. Knowing that that's what I'm going to kind of need to do. Uh, depending on what I'm doing, I might have a rehearsal skirt. Right. But probably not. Bailey wears heels. Yes. And is called out immediately. And then they have to do a tongue twister and warm up. Oh, yes. Uh, I am a mother pheasant plucker. I pluck mother pheasant. I am the most pleasant mother pheasant plucker. I don't remember this one. I I remember it being something like I'm a son of a mother pleasant, mother pheasant plucker. Uh... And then, what do you know, someone says the F word and it gets bleeped and there's giggles. Yeah. I mean, we all had our warm-ups that we had. Ours was, uh, I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. But see, we didn't have one that had, like, oh, you might swear. We had the classic one, the what to do to die today. Oh, yeah. Which... It's taking all of my self-control to just not do. Right, I understand. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we also had one that was entirely swears that I will not do on my Yeah, so I remember you doing that one a few times. Uh, so. And they meet Nicholas, a cute actor with whom they will do their cold reads. Uh, he's playing Emmett in a scene. Yes. Uh, I have already written down here that I hate Bailey. Bailey has a thick act. Yes, she has a sick, a, uh, see, I shit. Uh, No, she has a thick uh, southern accent, and it's perfectly cut, because it's a reality show, of... I'm from South Carolina. Huh? Mm -hmm. And I can tell. Just make sure that we don't hear too much of that accent. Mm -hmm. Emmett, I'm sorry. 
And then, like, she corrects out of it during still that line. Mm-hmm. But she does go, and I'm sorry. Yes. And then my next note is Noah saying, I hate Bailey. I hate her. Yes. And then it turns out that this was a challenge. Yeah. And the standout performer will get a prize. And the prize winner is Bailey. And then I wrote, Boo! And she brings Nikki Snell. She, uh, excuse me, to meet Nikki Snelson, who's currently playing Brooke Wyndham. Yes, and it's supposed to give her an edge in the next challenge. And she opts to bring Lindsay with her. Yes, this is when I realized that the show is just Survivor. It is literally reward challenge, immunity challenge, tribal council. Yeah, I mean that's the format. Of a lot of reality oh, yeah. shows. I mean, Top Chef is the quick fire challenge, the elimination challenge. Yeah. Pack your knives and go. So they watch a clip of Elle talking to Brooke Wyndham in the prison about her alibi. Yeah. And they do the like Delta New song. Yes. And they hang out in a Puma store for some reason. Yeah, they hang. It's just like, oh, cool. We're hanging out in this cool shoe store. And. They, they just kind of chat with her and they practice the scene with her, which is supposed to be an edge. Because now they've practiced the scene with the real other actor instead yeah. of cold reading. Uh, so, we then get to them doing the cold reads the next day. Lindsay goes first. And that's when we find out the nasty trick. Oh, yeah. It is not a cold read. That I should say, like, they're off book for this. Yes. Brooke, uh, Brooke, Nikki Snelson has been coached to drop a line. Yes, she's going to forget a line. Well, and they actually show a clip later. Nikki, you know better than anybody else what it's like to be on your feet every night in front of 1,500 people. Right. So I want you during the scene with the girls to forget one of your lines. Okay. We want to see what it's like for them to have to sort of think on their feet. We want to see if they can listen. We want them to be thrown something and know how to move forward and keep the scene moving. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We'll try. It. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Great. Yes. So every girl will have to show her acting chops and do a scene with uh, uh, the the actual actress from the show. But she's gonna forget a line, and we're gonna see how the actresses handle it. Uh, I have notes here that. Uh, that uh, Selena does this thing with her hands where she's like, give come me on, more, come on, come give on. me more, give me more. Uh, it's funny as someone who enjoys acting in the theater. It's funny every time watching these girls go. <sighs> like they're asking these girls to correct a Broadway actress. Well, it's more it's almost actually more of a mass gaslighting because at the end of every scene, they all think they dropped the line. I was like, I must have messed something up in there. And then when they tell Autumn, like, no, uh, Nikki dropped the line, Autumn drops to the floor and goes, oh, thank God. Yes. Which, uh, the thing that I think is especially weird about this challenge is all the girls are, like, sequestered. And then they bring Cassie S. out first to perform. And then after she's done, she gets to stand in the wings and watch. Yeah, Lindsay's first, and then they bring Cassie out. And by the last girl, everyone else is just... Yes. And not sitting in the house. Yeah, they're, like, standing there. 
which is nerve-wracking for the person going last, especially since all of them go are, are sitting there going, oh my god, here it comes. Yeah. Here's the part where she's going to forget the line. Uh, there's also a note with Cassie S. Uh, they make f- The judges call her out for uh, getting stancy. Yes. Which is a note I got all the time. Yes, you and Cassie both enjoy standing in third position. So um, they, they used to call me like the prim proper one because I would always stand like that. Right. And had like unnaturally good posture. Uh, but one thing I do want to say about this whole thing is it is very clear to me as a connoisseur of reality shows that the pause and the awkward silence is all manufactured. Like she drops the line, then like, and like there's a countdown that appears on screen. That's like line drop in three, two, one. The line drop happens close up on her face, close up on the actress's face, wide shot, Shot of the judges, shot of one judge, wide shot, close up of her face, lines it gets said. Well, and they especially do Selena dirty. Because Selena gets the commercial break. Yeah, hers. they go to commercial! Like that she needed an entire proactive commercial in order to, or a cover girl commercial in order to remember her line. My secret is nuclear, and if it gets out. I could lose my fitness empire, which means everything to me. You know, to watch somebody go through that, you kind of want to be like, hey, but you're like, no, this is a competition. put a lot of pressure on myself to be good to do this scene perfectly i was starting to freak out and i was like oh god did i do something wrong what are extremely long lashes wearing this season new covergirl lash blast length they now introduce the list oh there's another thing nikki snelson at one point did feel bad about doing this but she says a few of the girls copped a huge attitude with her about it oh really and she's like yeah that made me feel less bad The girls all come on stage holding hands, which I really like because there's kind of this, at this point in the show, this mass camaraderie that we don't see in a lot of They are a united force against this actress who did them wrong because they all hate her now. Look at me like I was Yeah! Me too. No, no. I memorized my lines, woman. You're messing (laughs) up. Okay? And I'm gonna wait here and inspire you to remember them. But Haley comes up with the list. And like in uh, the Act 1 finale of Legally Blonde, seeing your name up on that list proves you're doing something right. Yes. So if your name is on the list, you get sent down to the dressing room and you are safe from elimination. Mm -hmm. So Bailey, Lauren, Emma, Rhiannon, Autumn, and Selena are on the list. I'm missing somebody. Oh, Natalie. I'm always missing Natalie because Natalie... Guys... Natalie is the one they forget about constantly. There are very few talking heads with Natalie in these first four episodes. I assure you she exists and usually performs fairly admirably. But they just, she is not interesting to the producers at this time. Yeah. Uh, Off the list are Cassie O, Cassie S, and Lindsay. Yes. 
the days of having two Cassies, I could tell, were getting stressful. And they're like, let's send one of these Cassies home. Not for a moment do I think Lindsay is going home. Yeah, even... Uh, so, they end up first sparing Lindsay. So it's yes. down to the Cassies at the end. Yeah, and like, just so you know what this, like, elimination process is. It's three girls trying so hard not to cry and beg. Yeah. While the judges pick them apart for all the things that they need to do better. Yes, it's exactly what it is. But, like, at this point, the decision is made. It's not like it's a make your case or, like, let me see you guys do the song again. Let me get one. You're getting one more chance here. It's game over already. It's just them sitting there going, Cassie. You messed up, but Lindsay messed up too. But also Cassie messed up. But Cassie does some stuff good, but Lindsay does some stuff good, you know? If you're in the bottom three in episode one, I would be like, so I didn't get this part. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're professional judges. Like, you're a casting director. And you've already decided that there are seven girls better than me. Yep. I'm not going to turn it around to be number one. Like, maybe I'll impress you, but, like, if I'm not in the top seven, how am I going to be in the top three? By the way, guys, this is why this one's a two-parter. We have a lot to say about this show because this is the world we come from. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Reality shows. And musical theater. Oh, right. Uh, Ultimately, Cassie O is cut. Yes, Cassie O would go on to understudy Patty in School of Rock on Broadway, understudy Glinda and Nessa Rose in the Wicked National Tour, and uh, understudied Bonnie in Bonnie and Clyde on Broadway, among other things, including uh, Janet in the Rocky Horror Show Benefit. Oh, nice. So uh, Cassie does go on to uh, perform fairly regularly. Uh, There she is in... Here she is in Wicked... Nice. Looking pretty Elle Woodsy, honestly. Looking very Elle Woodsy, if we're being Uh, honest. A lot of these girls play Glinda at some point. That makes a lot of sense. Which is funny, because I think Glinda is arguably sometimes a more difficult role. Oh, yeah. Popular's tough. Uh, Not so much popular. Uh, Parts of Thank Goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's the only tough part. Um, So then we're in episode three. Yes. I just want to make a brief statement here. Bailey is someone that I'm going to be, like, lighting up a lot in this. But I really want to stress this. The show has done a great job creating Bailey as the villain. Like, I don't want this to come off as Noah sitting in his high tower picking on a 20-year-old girl for being unlikable. Because she's 30 now. And also (laughs) because, like... When I say... Yeah, she's 34 now. Yeah, she's 34. Uh, she's my age? Uh, when I say, like, man, I hate Bailey, that's not me saying, like, this person is terrible. It's me saying, this reality show made a great villain. It's uh, Taylor and Kid Nation. Yes. It's, she is edited in a way that makes her incredibly unlikable. Yes. And... No one brings this up because she bring she makes the first like really catty comment about the show 
Because we are now introducing the plot line of uh, people in the house don't like Cassie S. Yes. Uh, especially not Bailey, because she's evil. Uh, they all bend and snap in memory of Cassio. Yes. Uh, just, oh, also, one thing I really had to point out was the beginning of uh, episode three is literally last time on Legally Blonde. Oh my God, PB Team. Yes. This place is great. I was like, it is. I was like, there was more than a commercial last time on Legally Blonde, I'm pretty sure. So, we get to their... We, we find out it's clearly the dead of winter when they're filming. Because there's a yes. confessional with Autumn, and you can see Autumn's breath. You can see her breath, yeah. This is airing in uh, early summer. Right. Uh, because the winner begins her role shortly after this is finished airing in the summer. Right. So uh, they all get there. They all get to their, like, their call. And it's Seth Rudetsky and Haley Duff and nine... Exercise bikes. Yes. Uh, this comes from a real thing. Uh, in Hairspray, Marissa Janet Winokur, the original Tracy, would uh, do like intense cardio workouts while singing the score to keep up with the dancing right. of Hairspray. And they have to sing what you want. So they do this for a very long time in real time. Yeah. Uh, we don't see a lot of it, but... Uh, Lena actually, or Selena actually ends up having to come down on the producers. Really? Yeah, she actually, uh... Selena, the 28-year-old adult in the room amongst all these children. Uh, she says she's one of the oldest, and she said, look, we haven't eaten since 7 in the morning. It's 1 o'clock. We're on these bikes. Uh... People will pass out. (laughs) yes. But the producers kind of wanted them to pass out. Yeah, I think that they, they wanted that moment of television. And they needed to film long enough to get everyone nailing it, everyone failing, and everyone dying. Uh, Selena got the rest of the girls together and they threatened to look down the lens unless they were fed. <laughs> like, just look down the camera lens the whole time unless they were fed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I just, I want to point out how much I like Selena. Uh, because I know that, like, there was talk in, like, early seasons of the real world that there were, like, rebellions and people would just hold the finger in front of their face and just make the shot unusable. Yeah. And then, like, they had to write into their contracts, like, yo, no flipping off the camera. So what they end up doing is uh, they give each girl, in turn, a different line in what you want. And different harmonies. Right. They give them different harmonies because a harmony will not always sound right without the rest of the melody. Right. They do this to make it sound like Cassie S is off. What you want, Nia said, what you want, Nia get, what you want is right in front of you, in front of you. I was kind of psyched because everybody was having a really hard time with it and it kind of felt like a piece of cake for me. That's called fired and ticket refund. But she's really just doing the harmony. Seth Rodetsky says she nails it. Wow. But they edit it and cut away to people rolling their eyes. And a melody isn't always, or excuse me, a harmony is not always going to sound right. Mm-hmm. Because the melody line is what you're used to hearing. Yeah. They also gave 
certain girls hire more impressive lines mm-hmm. so that they sounded better. Yeah, I know Emma sounds like a superstar in this. Uh, Emma, Selena, and Lauren are given insanely good high lines. Yes. Because I think right around here is when I start seeing the code in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry guys, but like, this is meant to be like a review and a dissection of this show. So if you're hoping that I will maintain suspense for you in this uh, podcast, that's not going to happen. Because what I realize here is, okay, and for the record, Laura, has, Laura did not tell me if I was correct when I said this. Yeah. But I was like, they are setting up Cassie right now to be the first half villain. Because her story right now is she's not very good and she doesn't deserve to be here. And they're not making her very likable. They're making her whiny. Because there's a lot of like talking heads of her being like, I think I was great. Rather than, like, being plucky, like, it wasn't the best, but I'm going to get better. And I was like, okay, they are making Cassie the act one villain that will be vanquished halfway through this show. They are making Bailey the season-long villain who will probably get close to winning and then lose, so we are happy for the win. So, like, this is me just being like, I know how reality shows work. I see the tropes here. So, I just want to say I say that in the middle of episode three. Uh, Natalie in the oral history talks about feeling like that seat was lodged up her butt for the next three days. <laughs> uh, the winner is Lauren, who yes. we have seen absolutely crush it. Yes. She was given a difficult, heart, a difficult part mm-hmm. and a high belty part. So, she's also set up to look great. Yeah. Okay, Lauren. What you want? Now you're back. What you want? Lauren, that's sass. And she chooses to bring Cassie with her. Yes. And Cassie's talking head is a little bit like whiny and bitter that she didn't win. Yeah, I wanted to go by winning, not by being a plus one. And they get what their challenge is going to be. And they're going to perform Oh My God, You Guys. But the other eight girls will be playing ensemble tracks. Yes. While you are Elle Woods. Mm-hmm. Which, like, this is a good challenge because it's like, you are going to perform this song nine times. You'll be the star once. Yeah. Uh, Bailey's Talking Head thinks Emma deserved to win because Emma used to smoke. Which yes. Which is a weird argument. Th- that's a story that kind of, like, they really like telling is, like, Emma was a smoker story. Yeah. And how, like, she's overcoming being a smoker. It's going to come up a lot. That being said, like, if I was growing up, Emma is probably not that much older than I am. Right. Uh, So I'm looking it up right now because I was curious. Uh, So it doesn't say how old she was. Uh, She's about my age, actually, looking at this. How much smoking could she have done? No, what I'm saying is, was smoking encouraged when you were growing up? When I was growing up? Yeah. No, I took dare. And uh, could you imagine if your father was a famous vocalist and perhaps had been on Broadway? Yeah, he probably would have said things about me smoking. Yeah, the idea that she was smoking is inconceivable to me. I'm like, if this is your family business, why are you smoking? Because she's a rebel. 
Um, so the next day they get the call sheet at 8 a.m. And they need to be there. They need to be at the rehearsal hall at 9 a.m. Yeah. So my next note here is mm, producer manufactured chaos. Yeah, they do do a whole thing of being like, remember in theater, uh, if you were early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, that's unacceptable. Yeah. So it's trying to harken back to that, but they're all early. They uh, get there early anyway. One girl gets in at 8.55 and she's like, still early! Because <laughs> uh, they're all pros. It turns out they're all really good actresses who deserve this part. Because it's actually a legitimate reality show. Yeah, there's a montage of everyone making fairly normal mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, borking up melodies... Uh, Lindsay botches the same lyric three times. Yeah. And Bailey's accent continues to exist. Yes. And then the girls need help, need to be scolded about caring when they're in the ensemble. Yeah. Because there's a point where, like, they're obviously all kind of goofing off when it's not their turn to be Mm L. Right. And they don't say a really important thing that I would feel need to be, like, if I was Seth Redetsky or whoever, I would have said and been like, you know the judges are still in the room when you're a Delta New, right? Yeah, they're always watching. So, the girls rehearse all night, and Bailey refuses to help with Cassie's. Yeah. Because she says she's, like, losing her voice and she needs to rest. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Cassie is getting a transparently crap at it. Yes. Cassie actually is one of my favorites, despite her edit. And Lindsay and Bailey come off as very unkind. Mm-hmm. And that also might be just a bad edit. But you don't really know whose side you're on, because all three of them come off quite poorly. And then my next note is, Lauren has RBF, but seems really nice. Yes. She does have... Bailey has terrible resting bitch face. Uh, Lauren. Lauren, excuse me, Lauren. Lauren has... Lauren and Bailey kind of have very similar hair. Yes. Which they all do. But I do get them confused. Lauren and Bailey also have a very similar face shape. Yeah. In that they're 18 and 20 and still have, like, kind of baby faces. Yeah, and going out for the same role in a Broadway show. Uh, So the next day they get in, and they have to do the scene where... That we talked about a couple weeks ago on the half-loop stitching scene. Yes. And Haley Duff says the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We have a local actress here. Haley, you're in New York. Yeah, and you don't say. A local actress. No. Very few actresses are from New York. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have just an out-of-work actress who was available that day. Yeah. How'd you pull that off, MTV? How did you find one? So they go through, oh my god, you guys, and they say, like, Autumn and Rhiannon do well in the singing. Uh, Emma is too mean to the sales lady. Yes. Uh, They call Bailey a Disney princess Barbie. And uh, they really like Autumn. I gotta talk about Selena, though. (gasps) Selena, on the line, almost there, like, pushes her boobs up. Yeah. (laughs) She's almost there. And the judges go, what was that? She defends herself by saying Elle Woods is a comic character. Yeah. Uh, so she she was trying. 
to me, like, I feel like at this point, Selena knows she's not getting this part because she's the oldest and she's more of a rocker than she is an Elle Woods. So she's just like... Here for a good time, not for a long time. I'm going to make sure my edit has a lot of real fun stuff available for the cut. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting because she actually does get a talking head where she cries about being treated poorly. Yeah, she wishes that they wouldn't treat her... They would treat her like a person and not a two-year-old or something. Yes. And, uh... She's not talking about the judges in the talking head. No? Uh, she's crying about how the producers have been treating them. Oh, really? That makes a lot of sense now that you've told me this. Because Selena actually talks about in the oral history having befriended the talking head crew. Oh. And she said, like, you forget the camera's on. Oh. Uh, yeah, they make fun of Selena for being too horny. Uh, and then they ask Cassie who she would send home. And then she throws the rest of the girls under the bus for not helping with her. See, I really disagree with this. I I agree with you that I, you mentioned, I think they asked every girl this question. Yeah. But but what they asked Cassie is, do you believe that the girls were trying as hard for you as you were trying for them? And she tries to very politically say, I gave my all for it. Mm-hmm. And, she's like, and then they're like, do you believe some of the girls didn't give their best? And Cassie says, uh, I'm not going to name names, but some girls pooped out. Pooped out will be a phrase we hear repeatedly after she says it here. Yeah, so I agree with you that they probably asked every girl this. But, like, based on what we've seen, the other girls didn't treat Cassie that well. Yeah. So this is a very weird thing, because I'm still not sure whose side we're supposed to be on. Right. Because Cassie does come off a little whiny in her edit, but Bailey and Lindsay come off as so unkind to her. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, only five girls get to be on the list. Yes. Autumn. Bailey. Uh, Natalie, Rhiannon, and Cassie S. Um, Autumn is adorably ecstatic, especially being named first. Mm -hmm. She's like, yes, 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 yes! And she also, like, runs into a door or something, like, similar. She does something very clumsy and endearing. And everyone is upset that Cassie S. has passed through, Mm -hmm. including Selena. And Selena says, Cassie is the least L. Woodsy. And I'm like, Selena, sweetie, no, you are. You are. You're the least Elwoodsy. And then they call Lauren out on her RBF, her uh, her resting bitch face. Yeah. And she's like, that's my face. Yeah, it's just how it looks. And Paul Kanan has a line where he scolds Selena and says, uh, we're not looking for the next pussycat doll, Missy. So... Emma is spared first. Yes. Then Selena. And then Lauren. Lindsay had been in the casting office both weeks. Yeah. And she's ultimately eliminated. She has to go. Um, Tell she, me about her. Uh, I couldn't find a lot about her. She is not still working uh, on Broadway. Uh, she kind of moved to promotional modeling. Oh, okay. So, 
she's, um... Available for interviews? I, I feel like we were going to be able to... She's not... I, cause I was looking Not on, that you're lesser than any of these other girls. It's just that someone who works on Broadway is impossible to nail down. Uh, well, actually, what I was going to say is I've been looking on Twitter to see who I could, uh... Who I could find. Yeah. And, uh... Lindsay has not tweeted since 2020. Ah. Uh, so I was hoping we could find her, but... She's retired. According to her own account, she is retired now. Oh, okay. We'll give her a, we'll give her, we'll reach out and see what happens. Episode four. Episode four. They corner Cassie and they all yell at her because since Cassie didn't uh, say any names, in their minds, they threw every girl onto the bus here. And Cassie's like, I don't know why they're all yelling at me right now. And probably because all the girls were asked that question, too. Uh, Bailey is also deeply upset because Lindsay was her friend. Yes. And then Cassie says the one thing that almost seems genetically engineered to turn women in the audience against her. Yeah. I don't have girlfriends. Yes. It's like... Ooh. Well, and then... Don't want to hear that. You almost kind of understand what Selena means about you're the least Elle Woodsy. Yeah. Because Elle Woods, the Delta News are a Greek chorus mm-hmm. of her girlfriends. Girl yeah. So I have, I have, Natalie has a talking head, but not what she says. <laughs> but I pointed out that she had a talking head. Yeah, because literally we were stunned that it happened. She didn't say anything of note. We were just like, oh, Natalie exists. Uh, but I want to point out. She, I bet she used the phrase pooped out, because I've written it here a bunch of times. But uh, Natalie always performs well. Yeah. She's kind of in, like, middle upper pack. She's just clearly not very um, dramatic. She's getting what they call in Survivor a purple edit. Yeah. Where it's just like, she's always around, and she's not doing anything wrong, and she's not getting eliminated... We're just never gaining information on her. So, the girls speculate on today's challenge, and it's the best challenge. They're Don't. meeting very, very important stars of Legally Blonde. They're meeting Boo Boo and Teddy, the dogs who play Bruiser Woods. Dogs. Uh, everyone has the giantest, stupidest grin on their face when this happens. I'm surprised they didn't all pass out, because you can audibly hear the girls suck all the air out of the room. <gasps> Autumn- they don't sound that much like Tim Allen, like I just did. We'll be taking your work home with you. <gasps> Autumn is the happiest creature. So, they do some training with the dogs, because the dog has to listen. Right. And then the trainers are going to evaluate which dog... Which girl has the best connection with the dogs, and mm-hmm. she'll win for the challenge. Yes. And they get to keep the dogs overnight. Yeah, they get new doggy roommates. Uh, and they talk about how Laura Bell Bundy will take the dogs overnight sometimes to keep their bond. Right. She plays Elle Woods, and so she takes the dogs occasionally to, like, on overnights so that she can keep the Elle and Bruiser bond with them. Right. So, the dogs seem to take to Autumn... Really, really well. Yes. The house is chaotic. This seems like a nightmare for a dog. Oh, it does. Because it's just ten screaming, or eight screaming girls, all of whom want you to love them. Yes. Like, 
we see Lauren like bribing the dog with treats, which I'm like, I get it. Uh, so and Emma establishes she's ill. And I was like, oh, it's, it's winter. It's cold season. Oh my God. They're all going to get sick. Yeah. So the morning after Haley and the dog trainer come into the house and the prize for this is that you get to hang out with the actor who plays Warner. Yes. And Autumn wins because she's been the only person edited to look good with the dogs. Yes. Meanwhile, Cassie constantly being uh, edited to look poorly. Like, there's one moment where they're told to, like, have the dog sit on this, like, area and then walk away. And the dog, as if directed, like, just kind of sits up and's like, my paw's off the thing. Cassie, I was told to make you look bad. I'm a professional baby. Mm. Yeah, meanwhile, when Autumn says stay, that dog stays like his life depends on it. Oh, I'm staying. I'm a professional. And then Autumn picks Selena to go with her on the date with Warner. Mm -hmm. Uh, My note is, this gonna be good. (laughs) Because it's like the two funniest girls. And they're doing a scene from Sirius. Or, excuse me, they're doing the song Serious. Yes. So they're going to have, essentially, a chance to build rapport with Richard Blake, who plays Warner. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I know this man. Right. So I look him up. I have seen him live on Broadway. Not in Legally Blonde. Oh. I saw him in The Wedding Singer as Glenn Gullia. Oh, really? The year before. So he was just on, like, the Doucheboat World Tour. Yeah. Where he was playing douchebag love interest. Mm-hmm. Which, in the late 2000s, was a viable career. Yeah, it was a great career. Uh, Uh, And he's delightful. They go on, like, a little date with him, and he's charming, and he's nice, and he gives them flowers and chocolates, and they're very happy. All I can think of is, chocolate? With that singing? Mm. You're not supposed to have dairy or chocolate. It doesn't matter. They're all very good anyway. So, it should be noted that the, the song Sirius is one of the more comedic songs. Yes. It's the song where Elle thinks that Warren is going to propose and instead says break up. Yes. It's um, essentially the key line here is if I'm going to be a senator by the time I'm 30, I need a Jackie, not a Marilyn. Yeah. Uh, And I need to just bring up the fact that we have not talked about our favorite nearly at all. And that's Rihanna. Rhiannon. Rhiannon, excuse me. Rhiannon. Who is, like, the goofball? Yes. So we finally get to see her shine in this. Because it's going to be something very comedic. Yes. Uh, Rhiannon had a lot of uh, experience with this song. She did this song as her final. In oh, college. really? That's yes. funny. Uh, she's actually legitimately wearing the same dress she wore for her final recital. Oh, that's very silly. Uh, I bet, like, her classmates got a huge kick out of this. That song was my final. I wore that same dress. I wore the same shoes. I wore the same jewelry. I got the same grade. A it was, C minus. It was weird the amount of same things I had on to recreate the experience. This would be the equivalent of if I was doing a reality show and had to sing Come Out of the Dumpster with Stephen Lynch sitting in the dumpster <laughs> to bring up the Wedding Singer musical. Yeah. That was my senior year cabaret mm-hmm. song. Lauren Zacharin uh, talks, Lauren, who's younger, she tours with Richard later, yeah. and she's like, we do not speak of this. So Emma has bronchitis. She's having coughing issues with her smoking. And when we realize it's bronchitis, I'm like, 
almost a little bit like, oh, we're not going to see what happens when a cold ravages this house. Yeah. And, uh... I also, because my spider sense is going off of, like, oh my god, they're going to send Emma home for being sick. Like, for the good of the house, and it's going to be, like, the the tragedy. Because there's usually a tragedy in these, where it's like, she could have won, it's just this befell her. Yeah, she gets... And I like Emma, so, like, I'm worried. Yeah, she'll, you think she's going to get the honorable discharge? Yes. Uh, the judges laugh at Rhiannon's performance. Yeah. But in the way you want them to be laughing. Yeah. She kills it. She gets a solid laugh at it. Cassie's really hammy, and she does a lot of fake crying. Yeah. Like, this is the first time where I'm like, okay, she legitimately doesn't do that well on this one. Mm. Uh, the... Casting director loves Bailey, except he's starting to feel like they haven't seen anything new from her. Right. And that she's just imitating Laura Bell Bundy. Yeah, she's doing like an impression. Lauren gets the opposite note. Lauren gets a good review because she's bringing her own color to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. Lauren and Bailey are two of the only actors who are canonically younger than Elle Woods. Huh. Elle Woods, you have to figure, is 22 and 23. Right, Because right. she's a senior in college and a first-year law student. Right, right, yeah. So, Lauren and Bailey are legitimately younger. Uh, the judges seem to not like Autumn, who seems to do a good job, but we can tell by the music MTV plays over it that she didn't do a good yeah, job. she didn't do a good job. The music is sad. Uh, Emma makes it through with bronchitis, and they actually said uh, that she'd done a really good job. And yes. that her comedy beats were good. And Emma has my favorite talking oh, yeah. head of this episode. They loved it. <sighs> okay, now I'm gonna go die. Yes. I, Emma's a great character. So on the list, uh, Rhiannon, called first. Emma, who visibly melts in relief. Yeah, like, I don't have to be standing anymore. <laughs> Lauren and Bailey. And then I have the moment of, oh no, Natalie talked a lot this episode. Yeah. And then they call Natalie's name, almost as if in response. So then Natalie bursts into the dressing room sobbing, and Lauren just scoops her up immediately. Yeah. So now we have Cassie S., Selena, and Autumn. Mm. I'm like, ooh, there is a two in three chance I leave this episode mad. I want to bring this up because the note they actually give Autumn is, our feet, the judge says, my thought was Autumn is better than this, which is like an interesting way to put it because they're basically admitting that Autumn is in the top tier. Yeah. And like, it's not, ooh, that was bad. It's, that was bad and Autumn is good. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to let slide out there. So, uh, and then Selena is saying like, you know, I'm pretty sure this just isn't my role. Like, yeah. I think maybe there's a chance Elle Woods is not my part. Mm-hmm. Cassie is blaming everybody but herself. Of course. And Cassie kind of, like, steps in it by being like, well, maybe my acting choices were too subtle. And the director goes, what part of Legally Blonde is about being subtle? Subtle. Yeah, that's a great line. And Selena is cut. Yeah, with, like, they they cut out, like, a lot of the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, they're just like, Selena, goodbye. Because they're, like, they're usually, they toy with them, and then it's like, you still have a chance to play Elle Woods. And this one, they're just like, Selena, you're cut. She's like, "Uh uh-oh. 
oh, I guess I'll leave. <laughs> and Autumn and Cassie S. are stunned. And then they say they're sec- sending a second girl home. There are two cuts this time. Which is interesting because in the previous episode they said repeatedly, uh, at least one girl, at least one girl. And they only sent one girl home last time. Yeah. This time they only said one girl and sent two home. Yeah, they sent two home. And like, it's definitely one of those moments where when the casting director says we're sending two home, Cassie immediately starts crying because she's like, I'm standing next to Otta, who's really good. It's my next note. It seems really obvious that it was going to be Cassie. Yeah. And then Cassie is also cut. And there goes our act one villain. And now only Bailey remains to villainize this show. So... As for these young women. Yes, tell me about Selena. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Cassie first. Tell, oh, right. Argumentative. <laughs> Is she the girl from Smosh? Because the whole time I was like, she really looks like the girl from Smosh. She's not the girl from Smosh. And I said that out loud and you smiled. And I was like, Is she actually the girl from Smosh? No. no uh, but Cassie Silva has gone on uh, to do many, many things. She did not get to... Uh, B.L. Woods, but she has gotten to be uh, Mrs. Wormwood and Matilda the Musical in Broadway. Oh, wow. Uh, she understudied Sherry in Rock of Ages. Okay. She's been in multiple regional roles, and she's currently touring as an alternate in Six. Oh. I don't like that musical. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I was doing research on Cassie and... Sorry, not sorry. And she was in the Anne Boleyn costume. Oh, really? Which I thought was really interesting, because she's in the Anne Boleyn costume, and I know in the London production, the alternate queens actually have their own dresses. Right. They're not in... I, I wonder if that didn't translate into the New York cast. I'd have to do a little more research on Six. Yeah. But in London, if I play Anne Boleyn, and I'm usually wearing the iconic green Anne Boleyn dress... The alternate usually has her own dress that's accessorized to be whatever queen she's supposed to be. Hmm. Uh, but she was definitely in the Anne Boleyn green. Oh, wow. Uh, so I thought that was really, really interesting. Cassie. And she's been in American Horror Story. Uh, Cassie? Yes. Do you have more details? Because I used to watch that I show. believe It appears she was in, like, the ads for it. Oh, okay. And... Uh, Look at, I want to look at something because I just saw something really interesting in her resume that I want to see more information on. Is, is it Smosh? It's not Smosh! Give up! The problem with some of these resumes is they don't tell you who anybody was. Uh, they just say co-star, which to me means bit role. Right. Um, so I was trying to see if I could find who she actually played in any of these things. Uh, she played Brenda in Hairspray. Okay. So she's one of the Corny Collins girls. Okay. Um, Nancy in Dexter. And then most recently, she played Truman Hensley in Wayward Guide. Okay. Not familiar with that. So she's, I mean, so she's been active. She's, like I said, she's currently touring in Six, which is a pretty, pretty huge show right now. And, uh, but I want to talk about Selena Hall or Selena Caraval. Okay. Um, she now is better known as Lena Hall. Okay. 
Uh, before appearing in this, uh, she was still going by Selena Carvajal, her uh, given name. And she was at this point, she had already been in Cats as Demeter. Oh, wow. Uh, 42nd Street as Anytime Annie. Dracula the Musical as an understudy for Lucy. And she was understudying Jane and was later a replacement for Jane Porter in Tarzan. Oh, wow. Uh, after this, she would go on to be in Kinky Boots um, as the original Nicola. And she would win the Tony Ooh. for Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, wow. As Yitzhak. Oh, wow. Uh, so she won the Best Featured Actress in the Musical Tony a few years ago. And uh, I was doing research for this show, and I follow a lot of theater accounts on my Twitter anyway. Uh, she, in one month, will begin playing Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Really? The girl, not the plant. Oh, okay. Uh, so, she's all right. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Telsey makes jokes with her every time he sees her. Uh, she says, like, yep, Lena Hall, Tony winner <laughs> that I cut from being Elle Woods. Yeah, don't see his Elle Woods, though. Uh, Selena, uh, Lena Hall had actually been called in personally by the director because she had auditioned for every female role in Legally Blonde and come down to the end in every casting process. Oh, wow. So she was very much always a bridesmaid, never a bride with Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. But uh, she comes out okay. Yeah. She seemed like the coolest person. And based on what you've told me about how, like, she befriends the Talking Head crew, kind of supports that. Yep. That, like, she's just a friendly, good energy to be around person. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how... Uh, what the, uh, Lena, I feel like, was the biggest reveal in that she has yeah. changed her name and now she's a huge star. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're very happy for Lena Hall. So Cassie and Lena are both currently working actors uh, in high-profile shows. Yeah. So they're, they landed on their feet. Uh, so that's, that's as far as we've watched. We had four more episodes to watch here of uh, Legally Blonde. Uh, based on my knowledge of reality shows, I'm going to close my eyes to not read Lara's face when I say this, but I personally believe what we will see in the future is we will see Emma go home on an injury. I think that is something that they've planted seeds for, and I think that is coming very soon, is we are going to lose Emma not because she fails, but because her voice fails her. I believe this will come down. I think, unfortunately, uh, my favorite, uh, I keep wanting to call her Rihanna, but that's not her name. Rhiannon. Rhiannon. I don't think it's Rhiannon. I think we will get down to the final two, which will be Bailey and Autumn. And I think Autumn's going to win this. Okay. That is my current plan. My eyes are open now, but uh, that's, that's just, that's not a judgment of anyone's performance. That is purely me analyzing the information being given to me by the reality show. Okay. They don't give Natalie enough <laughs> to do to make me think that she's important. Yeah, man, they the show sure does forget Natalie all the time. Yeah, it's a shame. Which is a shame because Natalie routinely turns in a good performance. Whenever we do see Natalie perform, she does well. Yes. 
Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Just real quick, uh, new crowdfund crypt just went up on uh, Patreon. You can check out Laura and I sitting down to decide a tier list of heroes based solely on their rogues gallery. Uh, I thought we were going to have a nice discussion. Laura decided that her word was law and I was here merely to push buttons. So uh, if you're my divorce lawyer... <laughs> That's, uh, this is the black box of my yes. future divorce. Uh, also, uh, for those of you who don't know, there is a $1 tier of our Patreon that uh, allows you to uh, join me on Tuesdays for uh, a more exclusive stream. And it also gives you the chance to review my Not Prawn videos, where I actually finished Not Prawn. Those videos are going private very soon because... Uh, People are apparently leaking them, so I have to take them away. So if you're a $1 tier list member, uh, enjoy them while they're there. Just wanted to say that publicly and get that information out there. Where can people find us? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you are so much better than before, I'm Oh, at did you plus, not try to sing that line that time? I'm at plus do comedy on Twitter. If you are proud of me... For keeping my singing to a minimum during this show, I am at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. I'm proud of you. Thanks.